Good morning, Christ Church. You're out there. It's great to be with you this morning. Glad you're uh, here with us this morning. Also, greetings to those folks who are watching us uh, online this morning. And uh, we are well into our series, uh, When Pigs Fly. And uh, you probably uh, know if you've been here in the series, it's based on that uh, saying we have out there in the world, hey, I'm going to believe that when pigs fly. Okay, you got it, right. And uh, so these are things we're looking at that are kind of basic uh, to a Christ follower, right? Stuff we just absolutely believe and hold on to. Uh, and yet for, uh, for that non-believing world out there, uh, these are things that are like, really, you believe that kind of stuff? Uh, but yeah, we do. We just hold on to some of these basic truths. And the way we're getting at these truths is by looking at the miracles uh, of Jesus. And uh, we kind of operate each week under the, uh, under the premise that everybody's on board, that we just believe we have a God uh, who is a miracle God, right? That we have a God uh, who uh, not only has done miracles in the past, but he keeps doing uh, miracles uh, in today's world, in, uh, in our lives. And so each week, We've been kind of clumping some of these miracles together and uh, kind of looking at these fundamental principles uh, that we just absolutely believe. And so today we move forward, uh, when pigs fly, miracles of uh, protection, right? Just believing uh, that we have a God who is actively at work in our everyday lives. And as part of that work is that he is just using his supernatural ability in our lives to go ahead and bring protection uh, into our lives. We just simply believe that God is a miracle God, and part of that miracle that he does for Christ followers is just engage in there every day, and as part of that, just uh, put his protection uh, around us. Sometimes that's spiritual protection, sometimes that's physical protection, but we just believe he's actively working in our lives, uh, even providing that protection, right? Uh, the psalmist says, the Lord himself watches over you, the Lord stands beside you as your you got it there, right? Protective uh, shade, right? That's just what we believe, right? And we go back into scriptures and we can see where that's, that's happened, right? Where he's exerted some supernatural authority uh, and accomplished that. And so we can look at, at Noah, right? And see how God uh, rescued Noah and his family uh, from the flood. We can look at Jonah, see how God rescued him using a, a giant fish. Uh, we can see the Israelites, that they were rescued as their backs are up against the Red Sea and Pharaoh's chariots are uh, coming up against them, right? And God just offered his protection with a pillar of fire on one end and opened up the sea uh, on the other end so they could walk through. Or you probably have heard somewhere along the way the story of Daniel uh, in the lion's den, right? He's thrown in, into the lion's den and God just shows up and he uh, closes the mouths. Uh, of those uh, of those lines. I mean, these are supernatural experiences, right? Where God just shows up, exerts his his supernatural authority, and provides protection uh, for one of His own. Now, while we look at all those and we say, "Yeah, that's my kind of God. That's the kind of God we have—a miracle God who even does that miracle of protection." It kind of brings us to a parallel place to where we were last week when we talked about healing, right? Uh, because the real difficulty for us as we believe this and hold to this is, well, how come not everyone and how come not all the time, right? And we believe in a miracle God of protection, and yet the reality is we go through our own lives or we look at other people's lives, 
Uh, and we just see that, listen, God, God provides that miracle protection, uh, but not everyone and not all the time. How come? To help us understand this, I want to take us into uh, Acts uh, 16, uh, to the experience of Paul uh, and Silas. And uh, Paul and Silas are uh, Christ followers, they're followers of Jesus. Paul, in particular, uh, was literally recruited by Jesus, right? Jesus shows up after his resurrection on the road to Damascus and confronts Paul and uh, calls him into, uh, into ministry. So these are, these are guys that are really out there uh, doing ministry and, and just on the front lines, right, of sharing the gospel uh, with the world. Uh, Paul and Silas in Acts 16 are about that missionary journey. And while they're doing this, they're in, in this community, and there is a young girl uh, who is following them. And this young girl uh, has the ability to foretell the future. And so as she's following Paul and Silas, uh, she begins shouting about them, right? She begins just shouting about who they are and what they're doing, and she's after them. And this, this goes on and on and on and on, right? And so finally, Scripture's pretty clear. Uh, Paul, Paul just gets kind of fed up with the whole situation. Been in that moment? Yeah, he just kind of gets fed up with the whole situation of this girl uh, being behind them and shouting and causing a ruckus and all. He just gets kind of fed up with the whole situation. And so he turns around and he casts out the demon that is in this girl. That sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? Good thing for the girl. But not so good for the guys that own the girl. I know a foreign concept for us that somebody would actually own someone, but that's what it, what it was, right? And there were some guys who owned this girl, and they made money off of her ability to foretell uh, the future. You know, take Lady Luck and the Fish, right? She could do that stuff. And, uh, and they made money off of her ability to tell uh, the future. So they get pretty upset. Uh, about the whole thing, and they begin to get the crowd stirred up about Paul and Silas. Now, it's important as you pick up the story that you remember here, Paul and Silas have done nothing wrong, right? They've not broken any laws. They've really done nothing wrong. In fact, they did something really good. They freed this girl, right? But the owners get everybody stirred up, and a riot kind of breaks out. And it says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The crowd gets worked up. They get arrested. Even though they've done nothing wrong, what happens? They get beaten with rods. And the text is pretty clear. They get severely beaten. They take them bloody and uh, beaten, and they throw them into prison. The jailer is told, make sure they don't escape. And he puts them in the inner dungeon and clamps their feet into the stocks. So where's all the protection? Right? I mean, I thought these were God's frontline guys. I thought Paul was the guy Jesus went and self-recruited here. I mean, they're just out there being Christ followers and doing what God calls them to do and presenting the gospel, and they actually did a good thing for this girl. 
And yet, even though this is totally unfair, they're now beaten severely, bloodied, thrown into the inner part of the prison with their feet in socks. And one has to ask the question, right? Where's the protection? I mean, what's up with this? They're seemingly good Christ followers doing Christ's work, and yet they go through this. Where's the protection? To try to answer the question as we go further into the story, I want to plant the seed right up front with you of kind of kind of the lesson, kind of the thing I hope you're going to grab hold of today as we try to answer this question, how come not everyone, not all the time? Okay? And, and here is the answer. Here's the answer you need to hang on to. Before there was a problem, God had a purpose. So before there was a problem, before this whole thing erupted, before everything got ugly for Paul and Silas, and before they had this severe beating and thrown into prison experience, right? Before all that took place, God was working in their life, but he was working according to his purpose. Before there was a problem, God had a purpose. Now watch how this comes out in the story. You ready? Paul and Silas are in prison. They're in the dark. And it says, suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Miracle? Miracle stuff happening, right? I mean, God is intervening in only God's supernatural way, right? He is busy doing something totally beyond us, right? He just intervenes, and he accomplishes this kind of miracle where the prison doors are thrown off, uh, the chains are thrown off, right? Feet are out of the socks, and they are now absolutely free. The jailer from the earthquake wakes up. He looks at the prison doors, sees they're wide open. He assumes everybody has run away, and he's ready to throw himself on the sword and kill himself. And Paul shouts out to him and says, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. What? Excuse me. You just had the heck beat out of you. You're bloody and you're in prison and your feet are in stocks. And all of a sudden God does a supernatural thing and the doors of the prison flow wide open, and the chains fall off of you, and you're absolutely free, what is the first thing you do? Run, baby, run. Right? I mean, you would think the first thing they would do would be get out of Dodge as fast as you can. And yet they don't. What is it that Paul and Silas know what is it that they are holding on to in the midst of this whole experience that would allow them to stay within that environment? The jailer hears Paul's shout. He calls for light. He runs into the prison, falls down before Paul and Silas, trembling, and he asks them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas share the word of the Lord with him, and with all who lived in his household. What would have never happened if Paul and Silas wouldn't have been arrested, beaten, and thrown into the inner prison? This jailer? 
in his whole household would never know eternity with Christ. Before there was a problem, there was what? God's purpose. You see, God's protection is always tied into his purpose. God's protection is always tied into his purpose for our lives. Remember that list we went through? Noah, he and his whole family rescued. Why? So God could rescue humanity. Jonah, thrown into the sea, rescued by that fish. Why? So Jonah could finally fulfill the purpose that God put into his life to go to Nineveh and rescue the whole city. The Israelites, back against the Red Sea, Pharaoh charging against them. God does a supernatural rescue and opens up the Red Sea so they can walk through on dry ground. Why? Because he had a purpose for them to get through the wilderness and ultimately his nation, his people, established in the promised land. Daniel, thrown into the lion's den, rescued from them those hungry lions. How could that be? Because God had a purpose for Daniel that he would come out of that den so he could influence a king and influence an entire nation that didn't know God. You see, before there was a problem, there was God's purpose. And God's purpose is always tied into our protection. How could they stay in that prison? Why wouldn't they run? Because Paul says to the Romans, this is what he held on to, this is what he knew. We know, we don't question, we don't doubt, we don't wonder, we're not even, uh, you know, we're not speculating about this. He says what? We absolutely know. This is what we know. We know that God causes how much? Say the word. Everything. I hope you folks in, uh, in East are saying it too, right? Everything, right? Underline it, circle it, highlight it, whatever you need to do to get the concept. Everything that goes on. Everything that happens, nothing is beyond the presence and power of our supernatural God. And everything, everything works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. You see that? Before there was a problem, there was God's purpose. God's purpose is tied to our protection. And sometimes we go through things that we question, we doubt, and say, God, why, why aren't you protecting us in this? When ultimately it's that struggle itself that leads to the fulfillment of God's purpose. Before there was a problem, there was God's purpose. What do we hold on to then in the midst of the protection? If we think, well, wait a minute, that means God's not going to just absolutely protect us from everything that would happen in our lives? Yeah, we have something better, something way more profound from God. And that is, before there was a problem, God promised his presence. See, we look to his protection, and yet the power rests, the miracle rests, in that he promises his presence in everything and anything that happens in our lives. Before Jesus was raised, before he went to be with the Father, he gathered his followers and his 
disciples there, right? And before he goes, some of his last words, he says, and be sure of this. What are you supposed to be sure of? What he's going to say next, right? You're supposed to be sure of this. I mean, this is in the bank, positive, absolutely understand, got it, it's good, absolutely, no doubt, sure. I am absolutely sure of this. So be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. I'm with you in all those circumstances. I'm with you in all those situations. I'm with you in those times when you are looking for my protection and not getting it the way you think you ought to get it. I am still with you. Before there was a problem, there was the promise of his presence. Remember that guy, Paul. That guy, Paul, says, hey, I've worked harder. I've been in prison more often than, than not, right? Been whipped times. I can't, I can't even number the number of times I've been whipped. I've faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashings. Forty would be death, by the way. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I've been stoned. Three times I've been shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at the sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers. I've faced dangers from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities. I've faced danger in the deserts. I've faced danger on the seas. I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers uh, and are not. I have worked harder and longer during sleepless nights. I've been hungry, thirsty, gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Wait a minute, where's the protection? Where's the protection? What is he relying on? The protection or the presence? He says, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, if we go through difficult things or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Remember, guys, remember, Christ followers, Scripture says we're going to be killed like sheep being led to the slaughter. And yet Paul comes out and says, nope, despite all these things, despite being beaten with those rods and thrown into prison, my feet in stocks, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. You see, we may not get God's protection on the terms we desire. We may not get God's protection in the way we think we ought to get it. Because God's protection is always tied to his purpose. But what we do have is the promise of his presence. Anybody in the room, uh, in our rooms, like Psalm 23? Good stuff, right? When do we turn to it? Difficult times, right? We turn to that psalm in difficult times. But do you believe it? Do, do, when it says in verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, even when life is difficult, even when life is falling apart, even when when it seems like I don't have God's protection going in my life. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff do what? 
Say the word. Wow. It's right there. You say, yeah, that my presence is your protection. My presence will carry you through whatever circumstance. My presence is a protection that is supernatural and cannot be matched by anything else in the world. You may not get protection the way you think because it's tied to my purpose, but it doesn't mean I'm not there. It doesn't mean I'm not working. It doesn't mean I'm not protecting you. In fact, truth be known, God is working so much in such supernatural ways in our life that he is protecting us sometimes in ways we don't even know about. That we'll never even discover his protection over our lives. We get stuck in that traffic jam and we're like, oh man, I can't believe it. But that traffic jam may be the very thing God's working through and using to protect us from some disaster down the road. We don't know the number of times that God has worked in our life and accomplished protection over us. It's like Jill came came my wife Jill came to the other other morning and she said, "Hey, when I went to bed last night, there were two pieces of pie in the refrigerator. This morning there's only one piece. What's up?" My answer was simple. I only saw one piece. I missed the second one. There's stuff going on we miss. Stuff that we don't even know that God is doing and working in our lives for our protection. You see, protection is tied to his purpose. And before there was a problem, we had the promise of his presence. And because we have the promise of that presence, it means whatever we go through, whenever there is a problem, we can always trust in that protection and find praise. That whenever there is that problem, we can trust that God is working. We can trust in his presence in this circumstance. And in the midst of that circumstance, as difficult as it may be, we can still find the opportunity to praise. That's exactly what Paul and Silas did. Remember those guys? They're in prison. Their feet are in the stocks. They're in the deepest, darkest part of the prison. And what do they do? Uh, well, the psalmist reminds us about that that we should take refuge in him and for that protection. Here's Paul and Silas. It says, The jailer put them in the inner dungeon, clamped their feet in the stocks, and around midnight, Paul and Silas were doing what? Praying and singing. They are praying and singing hymns to God. In the midst of the circumstance, when it seems like they didn't have the protection, God was still working according to his purpose, to bring a jailer and his whole household into the reality of the kingdom of heaven. And in the midst of the whole circumstance, when it didn't seem like God's protection was at work, they had the promise of Jesus' presence with them. And in the middle of the experience, they had protection of being able to praise. Just being able to praise. And I want to encourage you, the next time you're in a difficult situation, next time you're wondering and questioning, does, does God really, is God really protecting my life? Here's what you do. You just start praising him. In the middle of the circumstance, trust his presence, and you just start praising him. In the middle of the difficulty, trust his promise over your life, his protection when pigs fly, right? Just trust it and start 
praising him. Nehemiah, a guy went through a lot of adversity. He said, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord in the midst of the difficulty. Find the opportunity to just praise. And when you praise, you're going to discover he's at work protecting you by his presence. And he's at work doing everything he can according to his purpose in and through your life. Why do we know that's true? Because our faith isn't based on the absence of problems. Our faith isn't based on God providing protection the way we think God ought to provide protection. Our faith is based on the power of the cross and the empty tomb. Our faith is based on what God has already done to deliver us and protect us through eternity. The Gospel of John says, I have told you, or Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me, no matter what's going on. Here on earth, you're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. But take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Before there was a problem, before there was a problem, there was God's purpose. Before there was a problem, there was the promise of his presence. And before there was a problem, there was the ability to step into praise. You see, we just believe we have a miracle God, and this miracle God will protect his people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being the God that you are. It's in your character. It's who you are. It's your love for us uh, that you, uh, you are a God who works to protect. And, Lord, we know that protection is according to your purpose. And sometimes we won't always see it. We won't always understand it. It won't always come the way that we choose it to come. But it doesn't change the truth that you are working in our lives. You are accomplishing your purpose. And you give us the promise that even in the midst of the most difficult times, you are present and you are active. And so, Lord, in those times, we just praise you. We're just going to trust you. We're just going to praise you. We're going to hold on to that promise. And, Lord, we know there's some folks in the room today that are struggling in a variety of ways. And some of them are just looking for your protection. So just convince them this morning. Help them to be beyond that, be beyond that doubt, uh, that your love for them is real. It is true. Uh, you have overcome the world. You've already overcome what's going on in their life. And you will use it, work through it, and you will bring them to a new future. So encourage them in your protection. Encourage them in your promise. And lead them to a time of prayer. They can just praise you for who you are and the promises you make over our lives. So, Lord, we do just commend ourselves to you in all and everything that we are. Use us according to your will and accomplish your purposes. And thank you. Thank you for your protection. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.